Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I make this show for you, and I hope that you really enjoy it. I have a lot of people that ask me how they can support the show financially, and you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash preacherboys. You're going to get access to exclusive content, including early releases of episodes. I've got a couple episodes right now that have been released at least a month early over on Patreon. You've got access to things like unique merch, depending on what tier you join, and you get access to some behind-the-scenes content that I'm posting within the group. So head over to patreon.com slash preacherboys and become a member over there today. Every single supporter helps make this show a little bit more possible, especially as I continue to add additional episodes and content every single week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. Trigger warning. This podcast contains descriptions of various abusive situations. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to the Preacher Boys Podcast, a podcast shedding light on decades of mental, physical, and sexual abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. The testimonies shared on this podcast are told from the personal experience and perspective of the survivors. Not all legal outcomes are known or final. Any suspect is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. To find more information about the Preacher Boys podcast and upcoming documentary, visit PreacherBoysDoc.com or connect on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at PreacherBoysDoc. Now, here is your host, Eric Skwarzynski. Yeah, I'm sitting down right now with uh, Claudia King. She is a former police officer uh, who experienced domestic violence and became a survivor. Um, She's also a relationship safety and wellness expert with Summit Advocates in Summit County, Colorado. And uh, I'm bringing her on today to really talk about um, how the pandemic has affected some of these domestic abuse situations and may actually be doing a lot of harm for a lot of people in, in society right now. And so, Claudia, your story doesn't really sound like your typical domestic violence situation. It doesn't sound like what you'd expect from from most of these types of stories. So can you give a little bit of background about um, your story and then what inspired you to start um, working with some advocates? Yeah, absolutely. So first off, Eric, thank you so much for having me today. Um, I'm excited to to share, you know, what we're doing here and, and what I do with relationship safety. So yes, as you mentioned, I was a police officer and I was actually at the same time living in a domestic violence relationship. So, um, you know, it was quite the, the oxymoron because I would be out during my shift on calls and seeing mostly women, you know, there were some men, but mostly women who were suffering in domestic violence. And I would tell them, you know, how they didn't deserve to be treated that way, how they needed to get out, how the situation was not safe for them, you know, physically and emotionally. And, and it would really frustrate me to be honest, um, especially when I would go back to the same home over and over again. And I I just couldn't understand why these women would stay. And yet I was doing the exact same thing. I was going home every night um, to a really terrible place of my own. And, you know, I was cut off from family and friends. The few that would still talk to me or were allowed to talk to me really 
you know, would tell me how different I was and how I had changed. I wasn't outgoing anymore. I didn't seem confident anymore. And I just kind of blew it off. And, you know, I don't even know what flipped the switch for me, but, but one day I did kind of realize that I wanted something better and I wanted to be happy. And at that point though, Eric, I was so broken that I actually had to go to a therapist um, to give me permission to tell me, yes, you are in an unsafe space. You are in a bad situation. You need to get out. Uh, and once I heard it, though, from that outside source, you know, who I deemed to be credible, uh, I started taking those steps to get out. And it was really it was really difficult, both financially, emotionally. Um, you know, I didn't have a car anymore. He, he actually came and took my car that he had put in his name, you know, during the relationship that I was paying for. So kind of all the typical signs that you see. But um, I did finally get out and I started working on myself. I'm now in a wonderful, um, healthy marriage. And that just led me to the point where I knew I wanted to help other people that might be in a similar situation as I was, because, you know, we often think of people in domestic violence relationships as people who, um, you know, don't have good connections, don't have a good job, might not be well educated. Uh, and I'm here to say that's just not the case. Yeah. So, so that kind of led you, I mean, now you're, you're helping people who are experiencing things like you experienced, they, they don't know where to turn. Um, and so tell me a little bit just about your work with some advocates and what you do and maybe a little bit, because right now with the pandemic, the idea of having some kind of shelter or some kind of safe haven seems almost impossible. So how have you kind of adjusted in 2020 and 2021? So uh, when the pandemic hit and things started to lock down, my organization realized that it was really time to hit the gas pedal. So we have a full service wraparound advocacy organization. So we serve domestic violence and sexual assault victims um, who we like to call survivors. Um, but we serve those as well as uh, human trafficking, sex trafficking and stalking victims. So we do everything from general advocacy to legal advocacy. We can help people with immigration status issues, with family law issues, custody issues, and we do have a shelter here as well. So we just hit the gas pedal when the pandemic hit and, and said, we got to let people know that we are here because we knew that there were only going to be a few places that people might be able to go during the pandemic. And that's been one of the big issues, Eric, with uh, domestic violence is, is the victims are isolated already and the pandemic exacerbated that. And the very few places that people might be able to go to get a little bit of respite, like work uh, or the grocery store, suddenly were closed down. So we started putting donation boxes in grocery stores. And we really didn't care if we got donations. It was about having our name and our logo and what we did and our phone number and website there on the boxes. We started putting our flyers in delivery food orders from all different restaurants across the community. And we even set up a code word with pharmacies and healthcare providers, because that was one of the few places that people could still go. So they knew that if somebody came in and asked for a mask 19, that was a code that they were in a dangerous situation and needed help. So we educated these healthcare providers on what to do to provide that help based on whether the person was alone, whether their abuser was with them. Uh, and we actually got uh, some really great 
response from that from healthcare providers who were then able to see domestic violence signs in their clients and get them to us for help. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's, that's a really neat way for people in your community to reach out and, and get help. Uh, I'm curious for people who are listening, who are maybe sprinkled across the U S maybe even internationally that are sitting there going, you know, I'm, I'm homebound. I can't go anywhere during COVID. Like what are some ways that people who are in a domestic violence situation can reach out for help without, you know, tipping off an abuser or, or causing potentially more harm than, than good. Absolutely. And, you know, it's important to understand that when somebody reaches out for help or when they leave, that actually is the most dangerous time for them. So, you know, you do want to think through it and and make sure you're you're taking the right and the safest steps. So a couple things people can do that that are homebound is look at if there is anywhere they can go. So, again, you know, are they able to still go to the pharmacy to pick up prescriptions? Can they still get to the doctor, even if it's a virtual visit? It does make it a little bit more difficult, but a lot of times in that virtual visit, you can type in a chat or maybe give the provider a sign. Another thing they could do is look to a trusted neighbor or friend and set up uh, a code word. So whether it's a code word in a text, you know, calling and saying a certain phrase, or even if it's a neighbor, a code on flipping your porch lights on and off and that those codes or, or symbols will equal, hey, I'm in trouble and I need immediate assistance. So something else people can do is if you call 911 and either don't say anything or hang up, they will call you back. And if you don't answer, they will send an officer to your location. So, you know, in a really dire situation or if you're really feeling danger, that's a great way to reach out for help. You can also call 911 and order a pizza. Most of the 911 operators universally know that that's a code that you need help, but you can't say you need help. So you can always place that takeout order to your 911 operator and they'll start communicating with you in a way that's safe for you and will be able to get you help. That's awesome. Yeah. And for people, uh, I'm just curious for those who maybe have a feeling or they have a gut feeling that something's not right and they want to assess whether someone is in an unsafe situation right now, uh, what's a great way that they can maybe check in or, or help without, you know, obviously causing any kind of danger on on their end? That's a great question. And, you know, from personal experience, if anybody had told me, um, you know, I was in a bad situation, I probably wouldn't have wanted to listen. But what's really important for people to do is just say, hey, are you okay? I'm I care about you. I'm concerned about you. I just want to check in. One of the most important things people can do, though, is never ask why questions. Well, why are you staying? Why are you still with him? Why are you still with her? You know, that just leads to that judgment, and that's going to close off that person. It's going to make them immediately feel defensive. So you really want to start with care, compassion, and believing, and let somebody know, you know what? Whenever you're ready for help, I am here to support you. Those are really the most important things that they can do along with helping somebody's safety plan. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. I I know that there's a lot of uh, situations that are pretty dangerous right now. And, you know, we've talked off mic, you know, the shelter in place for some is causing a lot of extra potential harm and, and a lot of potential heartache. So uh, I really appreciate you sharing a couple quick tips. If someone wanted to hear more or, or find more from you, what's the best place to connect with you? 
Yeah, so they can go to summitadvocates.org. That's our website. And, you know, if somebody reaches out to us for help, no matter where they are, we will connect them with the right resources. So as you mentioned earlier, even if they're not in this community, we can help them get to the right place in their community. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, definitely go check out that website. And thank you again, Claudia, for jumping on with me. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, please leave a review on iTunes. And don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at Preacher Boys Doc. Additional information can always be found on PreacherBoysDoc.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.